da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Well, happy holiday weekend to everybody here in the States. And welcome back in to Mad About Movies for another week. A mini episode, I guess, of Mad About Movies. Uh, Two-parter this week. We're putting out a throwback to Saving Private Ryan in honor of the 4th of July. Mm. So happy holidays to everybody out there. If you're interested in that conversation, check your feeds because we released it at the same time as this episode. But this episode is a totally necessary conversation about a totally necessary movie (laughs) that totally needed to be made, and there was definitely a huge demand for it. Um, I'm talking about Sicario, colon, Day of the Soldado, or, a.k.a. Sicario 2, Soldado, or just Sicario 2, depending on your market. Yes, all those titles have been used. Well, yes, show must go on. Despite um, this not being the number one movie of the weekend, it was the Mm -hmm. biggest new offering of the weekend, and that's usually what we do. Uh, The episode on the main feed here on is the biggest episode or the biggest um, movie of that weekend or week. And this just happens to be the biggest one this week. Third place, around $20 million domestically here in the States. So, special shout out to everyone here in the States celebrating this weekend and uh, to all of our VIPs joining us around the world in your satin. (laughs) We have a VIP joining us tonight to talk Sicario 2 Soldado. And Brian can yes. intro him in this episode, and uh, we will move forward with this review. We'll have a week of recommends, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, movie news is on hold, yeah. and uh, we're going to give you two kind of specific, uh, isolated reviews this week. So yeah. Yeah, very good. Cool. Very good. Yeah, so we're joined by a uh, VIP, as you mentioned, Kinto. If Yo. you are, if this is your first time listening to You Mad About Movies, you have no, no idea what we're talking about when we say VIPs, you want to go to youmadaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Take a look at uh, all the offerings that we have there and the fabulous rewards that we are looking forward to handing out to our lovely, lovely listeners. Uh, and if you're interested, you can join that and uh, you get access to more throwbacks and bonus episodes and all kinds of cool stuff like that. Last but week today, we talked Truman Show. That was fun. Truman Show. That was the newest one. We've got. I'm still uh, recovering from we've got that a one. Die Hard. Yeah. That was a good one. We got a Die Hard episode coming up on that feed. We have a Step Brothers review coming up on mm-hmm. that feed. We have a bunch of interesting bonus episodes that we're going to do over the next couple of weeks, as, uh, a couple of months as well. So check that out. It's a great time to become a VIP. And uh, with that, I'm going to introduce our our guest tonight. So please welcome to the show, Mr. Eric. How are you, Eric? I'm good. What's going on, guys? Thanks for thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for joining our VIP club. I, I'm sure you're getting all your money's worth and more. Um, we're gonna ask you a couple of questions, and then we're gonna get done. We're gonna get our uh, review going here. So I hope you're prepared. I know you're a, obviously you're a very uh, significant listener, so you probably know what I'm gonna ask. But maybe I'll throw you a curveball here. So, we'll, but we'll start with an easy one. Have you seen a movie we like to call McGruber? So I'm a little embarrassed to say this on the air, but I actually haven't. Right. Oh, okay. So, well, we've got a backup. You know. <laughs> backup guest. Yeah. Backup line two. Go to line two. No. <laughs> no. Hey, hey Jason you know what? in Cleveland. You're on. <laughs> exactly. Hey, first time, long time. <laughs> I have it's, seen McGruber. Eric, it's actually okay because um, 
it's really not anywhere to be found. It's not on yeah. any streaming service or anything. So I can't actually blame you for not having seen it. If it was like now you see me, if it was like now you see me and it's on TNT, literally as we speak, now you see me is on like TNT, um, then I could maybe berate you a little bit more publicly here. But yeah, there is an excuse built in with MacGruber because it's kind of hard to find these days. Sadly, we're trying to fix that with word of mouth. You can help us out. Maybe we can get some kind of a deal going with... Uh... With Forte and, and Yorma, because we're buddies. We're pretty close yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. We can get, a, get some kind of deal going where when you join the Mad About Movies VIP club, you get like a an instant download of MacGruber and you can watch. So we we're can still, make sure that all of our guests are... Got our fingers are, crossed for walk-on roles in MacGruber too, <laughs> which put in a word into Yorma, oh, having man. us be in MacGruber's like crew yeah. would be amazing you know so like, so badly want to die in the walk by a radio i want him to walk by a radio station we're doing the podcast in this radio station and then we all get shot yeah that'll be <laughs> yes, the dream be drinking our tazo tazo tea okay so uh eric we're not off to a great start but we're going to keep moving have you seen a movie called now you see me i have indeed yep great movie or greatest movie probably greatest movie i thought oh, at the time wow. 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 Oh, wow. Strike two. I like it. (laughs) This is rough. So, so yeah, actually, after I watched it, I I actually thought it was a decent movie. And then once I started listening to you guys, I was like, wait a minute. That was actually magic being performed, like, in a movie. (laughs) Oh, see, yeah. See, yeah, it is. It is one giant trick. But you know what? The trick is the closer you look, the less you'll actually see. So be careful not to do that going in you need to right must have done that up on the front so all right so we we got mcgruber we've got uh, now you see me tell us this eric uh what's your what's just all-time favorite movie uh my favorite movie i'd have to say is Shaun of the dead whoa yeah. oh. simon peg nick frost yeah yo that's a good answer i can't i we're can't back, dispute we're back that on one. the eric bandwagon yeah okay. <laughs> okay eric is back hey yo <laughs> that is good man that that's a that needs that's worthy of a throwback at some point for sure. But that's a uh, a worthy movie of a favorite movie of all time. Has a lot of originality, a lot of um, you know, flair, cinematic flair, I should say. And um yeah, probably started the whole real zombie movement other than I don't want to give Zack Snyder credit for that, right? With Dawn of the Dead, but uh <laughs> right, Shaun of the right. Dead. Thank you Edgar Wright for all the zombie movies that we got after that. But yeah, Thank you for being here, Eric. And uh, we need to get your thoughts uh, to start off this uh, review on Sicario. You picked this episode and you wanted to be on here, but what are your thoughts on the original Sicario? And um, going into this movie, what was your anticipation like? Yeah, so I love the first movie, the first Sicario. Uh, that you know, that dark kind of gritty tone it has, mm-hmm. um, exploring the the concept of the antihero, the morality of of fighting evil with evil, I thought was great. Um, and I think Brian's mentioned it before on a previous episode, but I just personally like the subject matter, kind of mm-hmm. like the war on drugs and, you know, everything that brings and all the different dimensions. So I love the movie, love the tone of it, um, the way it was directed, Emily Blunt, of course. So uh, I was really excited, actually, for the second one to come out. And I didn't think that this would become a franchise, but here we are, so... Yeah, oddly, it feels like it was meant to become a franchise from the start, you know? I think that was kind of the vision. Um, I don't know who was 
plan to be involved from the start, but um, I think in terms of the overall concept of the story, there was definitely a, a foresight by Taylor Sheridan to uh, expand this story out into multiple films, which... Um, Sicario week of the Soldado after. Huh, is, <laughs> year of the Soldado, yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, Rise of the Soldado. That's that's coming next. You know and what, I, Dawn, so. In terms of my general thoughts, I'll hand it <laughs> off to you guys. Um, I, you know, uh, in terms of the original Sicario, I really liked it to start. We did do an, an episode on that, if, if the listener wants to go back and listen to our full thoughts. But, um, you know, I really liked it in the moment. I think I had it you know, narrowly missing my top 10 of that year, but, um, maybe have thought about it maybe twice since then. Didn't, you know, don't, don't really think of it when I think of Denny for some reason, just kind of forget that he even did that movie. Um, and I'm a huge Denny guy, so that's not good, but, um, really like Emily Blunt and I'll just say at the top on general thoughts, I, I thought that's what this movie was missing was that Emily Blunt, you know, uh, spark that she gave um sicario and um and so that's what i took away from that was just wow emily blunt was great i really like the subject matter josh brolin's always solid so is benicio uh really well shot by deacons those are my overall thoughts and then this one was not directed by denny was not shot by deacons it didn't have emily blunt so um it's going to be a little bit different in my review i have a feeling but uh yeah richard bryan Refresh me on your thoughts on Sicario and this whole uh, series, I guess, now at this point. Mm. Yeah, Sicario. Oh, go ahead, Brian. You no, go. you. You're up. You're up. Um, Sicario is one of those movies I had zero excitement for, was confused while we were even doing a review on it, I think, <laughs> and then loved it and have, have grown to love it more as it goes. It's It's such a unique... It holds such a unique place kind of in the culture because they just don't make movies like that too often, and, and so it's just even despite its flaws and including this one, it's just like, Oh man, this is so cool to be in a movie watching something like this just because it's not superheroes or a, a mumble, uh, core comedy. It's like mm-hmm. actually a $35 million action movie. Uh, that's R rated. So it's just like kind of a unicorn in that way. So and released in the summer too. And released in the summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just trying to entertain bros like me. So I, I like that. Uh, the first one's definitely a better movie, but it, and it was definitely an unnecessary sequel. I wasn't like, mm-hmm. hyped, but I was like, all right, I'm in on that again. I'll I'll circle around and and we'll get to our reviews shortly. But I I really I wasn't disappointed in this really at all. I it uh, I had a good time with it. I thought it was fun. Yeah, the first Sicario, I I kind of had the opposite experience. Can I really liked it in the moment, and then after the fact, have grown to appreciate it even more. It's it's. It's I don't know why I, it's it's on Amazon Prime so it's readily available I think uh. it's part of it but I rewatch it I've rewatched it probably a half dozen times oh wow see, it's such a uh, it I don't know it, you're right Richard it, like it occupies a strange space because the subject matter is stuff that I typically that's not the type of movie that I'm gonna rewatch over and over and over again but Deacons is so great and uh denny is so incredible the way that that movie is structured and then emily blunt is just a force and i just find myself re-watching it even parts like well i'm just gonna turn on uh sicario for 45 minutes while i'm working on this because it just i don't know there's something extremely appealing about the look and the, you know the what feel it is of that movie it's the freaking soundtrack man 
I love Soundtrack it so much. The, the, the score yeah. is is like yeah. it sets it apart, and I'd forgotten that until I revisited it and then went and saw the yeah. second one. And it's like I'm gonna steal it and steal that. I don't know. It's just like the tension and the strings and the. I mean, I'll play it here on the episode, you know, to start off mm-hmm. this episode or, or whatever. Yeah. But so the listener will have a frame of reference. But, um, but yeah, that that's something I probably didn't notice as much the first time. And on each rewatch, I become more attuned to the score. It really adds sure. a lot to the to the atmosphere Absolutely. for this um, for yeah. you know Deacon's imagery. Yeah. So I, I love the first one. I I'm with you all. Uh, you've all mentioned it. This felt like mm. a, uh, an unnecessary sequel to me. I wasn't pumped about it at all, but you know, it, I love Del Toro. I love Josh Brolin. I'm a, I'm a big Josh Brolin guy. And so that it, in the moment I was like, yeah, it's, it's, there's definitely some aspects that are missing from this. I, but I wouldn't say that I was disappointed because I, I kind of expected that sort of stuff. You don't lose Emily Blunt and Denny and Roger Deakins and on down the list and then come out with the same movie, right? I kind of almost wish this one would have gone even a little bit further into just being um, a, an R-rated action movie because it has like the bones of that in some ways but then taylor sheridan is a very i think taylor sheridan is a very serious talented writer and you get some of that through this movie and in some ways this is kind of a weird criticism but the movie this movie in particular may actually have been better with a lesser screenwriter because it it may Uh have given in a little bit more to it's just base action movie instincts and i I don't mean just like let's michael bay and explode things everywhere but um it there's moments where it, it really starts to feel more like a an 80s or a 90s uh serious action movie and then we have to we kind of it it evolves into more at times and then some ways that also i think um leaves it a little bit toneless uh but but i i thought it was a i i, I enjoyed my experience overall uh while at the same time acknowledging that it is far inferior in my opinion to uh to the original sicario yeah man i just uh i was reminded of del toro's presence with this i think he's such a menacing guy and when used correctly he's great and when used incorrectly last jedi he sucks so i mean i think this is just proof of his star power when you remove somebody like emily blunt and a director like denny for him to you know I guess work above the circumstances, if you will, mm-hmm. to uh, deliver this kind of performance. And and um, I don't want to go to spoilers, but let's just say, uh, you know, I was worried about his character for a lot of this film, and uh, especially mm-hmm. even at the end. So that's just uh, it's a character that I've really been interested in. It's it reminds me of uh, uh, No Country for Old Men, and just the kind of you don't know what he's thinking, the Bardem's character in that, and just kind of. He's got he's got a really dark past, and you don't want to mess with this guy in pretty much any way. Mm-hmm. But now he's working for us, so you kind of are on his side in a way. Um, I love that dynamic of him being knowledgeable of both sides, and then um, of course that's where this movie ends up going is exploring that and his character more. What did you guys think of the emphasis more, Richard, of Bart of Del Toro in this? Um, it does yeah, revolve more around him. Yeah, I'm always pro Del Toro. That's a guy that I think is oddly, in a weird way, a really true movie star and someone that has mm. 
uh, a ton of charisma instantly and a ton of goodwill. And, and Eric, I'd be I'd be interested in your thoughts in this as well. I, it's just someone that maybe hasn't had the career we expected out of him, but just you're always happy to see him in a weird way. I, I just love him as an actor. I think he's fantastic, and he's always very good. He's not afraid to be weird, but it's never like in a look how weird I'm being weird. <laughs> it's kind of just in this earnest way, and he's just he's just fun to me. Mm-hmm. Eric yeah. yeah, yeah, agreed. I think um, Del Toro is one of those guys that if somebody asks you, hey, like name, I don't know, one of your top five favorite actors, I don't think he comes to mind immediately. But if somebody mentions his name, you're like, oh, yeah, right. Del Toro, mm-hmm. like, you know, he's he's got that gravitas that is a little bit it's it's rare to find nowadays. Right. Just it's it's the it's that serious tone that not a lot of people can can bring nowadays so I, I agree with you guys completely with that and i think he brings a lot to this movie um in terms of yes. that and really really saves saves it in some ways so well i mean we'll get to that but yeah just my thoughts yeah brian any thoughts on the cast here um i would guess you would say the standouts were Brolin and uh del toro but yeah. there are some other actors that are introduced here. yeah look it's a, it's a good cast it I, it's you know it's missing emily blunt so that's a major thing that you're missing yeah. she's incredible is it you and, think it was the conscious thing or it's like she you can't afford emily blunt for this because <laughs> it's a 30 million dollar movie i you know i like wish they would have had her involved I, if they could I think I she turned it down. I feel like I remember. I haven't had time to research that because I literally just walked out of the movie. So I haven't had a chance to look that stuff up. But I mm-hmm. feel like she it was out there and she just said, no, that's not really what I want to do. Um, so I, I, look, I think this was a big time commitment. Too. Oh, sure. 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 Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think they did a very good job of filling in the gaps. But when you're missing Emily Blunt, you're missing Emily Blunt. I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge match. Uh, I like Jeffrey Donovan. I thought the, the girl, Isabella Monaire, who I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know that. She's Monet, fantastic. I, I thought, I, yeah, I thought she was incredible. And I, I don't know if I've ever, I don't know that I've ever seen her in another movie besides the, uh, Transformers movie, which is <laughs> an unfair thing Ian, to be judged by. But, uh, yeah, look, when you can fill out the cast with Jeffrey Donovan and Catherine Keener and, and Matthew Modine and, and, Shay Wiggum, who I think has the most punchable face in all of the it's just, just something. Yeah. He's very good, but I always just think, gosh, it'd be awesome if somebody hit him. But um, <laughs> just can't. I don't know. I can't do anything. He's a really but violent Brolin, guy to be in general. He really, really is. But it was fun. The the dynamic between and the completely different uh, character portrayals that you get, and you, and you saw this in the first movie too. But the uh, the kind of uh, disconnect in some ways between Del Toro and Brolin is awesome it's fun to watch those two guys on screen brolin i just gosh i love the the renaissance that that guy's had over the last really it's been a decade but to kind of see him i love when career actors get their due and this has been like the summer of brolin which is pretty cool but gosh he seems like he's having a blast with this character and he had five or six you can't do this movie right and do it seriously without um with and and also include like a whole bunch of like slapstick comedy or something but it was nice that he provided five or six opportunities to just kind of laugh just with his delivery on one-liners that Mm -hmm. i think might have fallen flat for most actors but he just has this sort of uh there's a there's a coolness to him where he can say things like uh 
you know, about like the stitches thing when when Jeffrey Donovan says you're going to need stitches, he's like, yep, the good thing about stitches is they're still going to need those tomorrow. And it, it just mm-hmm. works. It's got this it kind of rolls off of his tongue. And uh, so I, I thought that was he was excellent. And he provides a really good counterbalance to Del Toro's kind of reserved. Mm, I don't even know what the word is, but the way that he bring that that kind of calm uh, demeanor that he brings to the table, that's a great counterbalance that's something you can build a, a movie off of for sure even if you are missing mm-hmm. emily blunt you yeah josh brolin has had a had a great few years so they're lucky that he his name has risen to the status of probably drawing in a lot of people for this after especially after the year he's had with avengers and deadpool uh earlier this summer um mm-hmm. also he pulled off crocs really well in this did you notice the crocs <laughs> hard not to. like he puts his feet up on the desk and it's like Clearly wearing Crocs with socks, like, dude, this guy can do anything, and we're, we're just pretty much good with it. With a bulletproof vest, that might be the first time in history, but uh love the emphasis on that there in the movie. Um, I thought the director, uh, Stefano Solima, is his name? Solima? Uh, sure. I thought he did a really admirable job, considering the circumstances and having to repeat the look and feel of Denny and... Roger Deakins, I thought uh, he did a really good job, and I'm I'm sure that he was well endorsed going into it. But I had never heard of him. But I'm gonna I, I'm looking in his direction now after this. I thought he did a really good job, and um, most people probably wouldn't have known that this was a different director than uh, Sicario, which is a huge compliment. What are your guys' thoughts on on the direction? I thought I had some pacing issues. Um, that could be the screenplay, though, not necessarily him. And it gets kind of slowed in the middle, and um, that, that'd be my one real complaint with the uh, with the writing and directing. But I thought he did a very admirable job uh, with this. What'd you guys think? Yeah, I think you're right, Ken. And, and part of that is what you said earlier about the how this was born and maybe a, a, a trilogy in some way, mm-hmm. and carrying on that feeling all the way through is is admirable for the for the director and you know easy to critique to you go oh he you know you it's a lose-lose when you take over a franchise it's like if you change it too much then you changed it too much and if you didn't then oh he didn't put his spin on it he just you know carried the torch that <laughs> sure <laughs> but i'd much rather this right something worked okay i'm just gonna make it feel like that it moved the plot yeah the pacing issues and uh those are i think the first sicario has a couple of those as well um to be fair mm-hmm. and uh it's just that you know it's it's attempting to be something that we never really see is this kind of slow slow burn yeah drama. yeah so the pacing issues are probably more our fault <laughs> than mm-hmm. the movies mm-hmm. as an audience I don't know uh, Eric or Brian what do you guys think about the direction you go Eric you got thoughts there yeah so um, Stefano Salima he's he's actually been on my radar scope for a little bit um, he has two projects on I think ne- they're still on Netflix but. Uh, he's he's not a stranger to this um, this subject matter. So um, his his two I think major feature films are Italian movies. Um, so got to work through the subtitles there. But they have to do with kind of uh, organized crime and and drug dealing and whatnot. So um, I think he was a good pick for the movie uh, and and agreed with what you guys said. I think uh, at at first glance I you know you can't really tell that there was a director change for the sequel. I think he does a really good job um, with kind of executing at least uh, the the Taylor Sheridan idea of the plot. I do agree that um, 
it, I, I do think it was overwritten, if you will, right? Mm. So they, they could have done uh, with the lesser writer. So I agree with you there. I just feel like it got a, the, the convoluted plot kind of led to the issues with pacing, like you guys were mentioning. But um, mm. yeah, overall, uh, I think the direction was good for at least the, the downtime that, that was needed to, to kind of go through the exposition, right, with, with sure. the plot. So. Sure. I think I, I, for me, I noticed the, I noticed the change in cinematographer much more than the change in, in director. And I mean, I loved any, but there are moments in this, I mean, Sicario, the first Sicario looks incredible uh, from moment one to the, to the end. It's, it's so incredibly well shot and beautiful and the, the color contrast is perfect. And, uh, and then this movie it got better. It got a lot better as it went, but the first like 20 or 30 minutes, I, it was kind of like watching a, a made for TV movie on that front. Like it looked horrendous. Darius Wolski. Yeah. Is the guy yeah. who did it. And he's shot the Martian Prometheus Crimson Tide See? and Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of fleet street. <laughs> starring yeah, Johnny so, Depp. Incredible. Incredible. So like I knew he had a track record and then, all those movies I with I don't know except for Sweet Dot I think look very good. There is something oh director of photography of the counselor. So that's oh, how that's go. what happened. That's when you know there's TV a, movie. There's a style to what uh, I think there was a style to what he was trying to do, and to me it just didn't it did not translate at all, and that came across as a a vast difference from uh, from what we saw with with Deacons in in uh, the first Sicario. Right. Do you guys think that was his fault, per se? I mean, just because it, it seemed pretty choppy in the beginning, maybe because they just had to get through so many different, like, they had to go to so many yeah. different locations. A lot of, se- yeah. so, a lot of scene right. changes. Yeah. Right, so, but, but agreed. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of the plotting of this one, it is different. They shift the focus this time to more of international terrorism, but the Mexicans are still responsible for the international terrorism somehow. And uh, there's a lot of exposition there at the beginning, but I think what these movies do really well is just the visceral terror of what happens in these situations, right? Uh, these executions and these people's families getting taken from them. I mean, and it, how interesting and weird was it that this movie came out the weekend of the Families Belong Together March, right? And there's a whole sequence in this about kind of about that situation right about taking you know a child from a parent at the border right and i'm sure that wasn't necessarily aimed at this weekend or anything but i'm surprised Mm -hmm. just in the conversation surrounding this movie and the marketing that it wasn't more of a push for this being more of a commentary on that than uh, than something incidental you know um that's just kind of the happenstance of the weekend which uh i think benefits this the time it feels like this movie is a good commentary on where we currently are. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. But uh, sure, the the other one was more shedding light. I think the the show Narcos does a great job of giving us the the inside of the of the Mexican and uh, you know Colombian and uh, South American uh, drug trade. It's just uh, it's worthy of a a ten hour series, and it's this is more about isolated incidents, which I love. But mm. in in that time, I think you can do some more fun action sequences. It can be serious subject matter, but still have like they experiment with that a little bit in this. With the, there's a sequence here where there's like 
helicopters chasing cars like on a highway, you know, it's like, okay, this is the kind of stuff that you can do more of. Um, but they do kind of walk that line of serious action film with indie credibility while also mm-hmm. trying to be a summer blockbuster. And I don't know if they've fully captured that with these, maybe with the next yes. one, they'll make it more, you know, they'll get Jason Statham in it or something, you know, I, they'll do something like that <laughs> and they'll just embrace it and be like, this can be, we can appease more. We can, this can still be about serious subject matter, but still have a wighter, more popcorn worthy tone. If that makes sense. Yeah. Cause I felt I, like it even felt awkward in the, in the theater when you're watching this, like you, like you gotta be quiet, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. it's like going to the, it felt like going to the Angelica to go see, you know, the Mr. Rogers doc or something going to see this. It didn't feel like a summer movie in any way, you know, the mood, the tone of just watching the film. So um, yeah. maybe that's something to consider next time they release another one of these. If they do. Sure. I didn't want that at all for mm-hmm. the first one. Uh, I thought, I thought the first one, perfectly hit the note of like i we're not trying to make a summer blockbuster we're not trying to make a mass audience movie if people see it great and i think that's one of the best things that that denny brings to the table this one like i said at the outset i just i just felt like it it was to me it was very clear from the first trailer that they were going for a more universal tone and something that uh more people were gonna see and by the way i'm to be honest with you i'm a little surprised I think that the I I think the studio is very happy with the the twenty million it made, but I'm a little surprised because my theater at like five o'clock on a Sunday was sold out, and I had had trouble finding tickets up to that point. So I kind of thought it wow. might pull in more. Uh, maybe it's just whatever, just the day and the mm. and the area that I was trying to see. Regardless, um, I, it was very clear that they were going for a more mass audience appeal type movie, like just straight down to. <laughs> Like the closing shot of that trailer is Del Toro pulling the trigger 4,000 times mm-hmm. like an idiot. You know, I hate that. I think that's such a stupid looking thing, it's but like, that was very like clear. Scarface, you know? Oh, yeah. It's so dumb. And and not at all in keeping with the very professional uh, nature of his character throughout the rest of this movie and the entirety of uh, of the last movie. And it kind of made sense within the plot, within context. I totally get it. But I thought they were very much going for a more broad appeal movie and there's times when it feels that way and there's times when it starts to dip back into uh what the first one was and so i think you're right like they if i think you're gonna need to, if you're gonna make a third one which it sounds like they're already working on it now and try to turn this into a uh a full-on series or franchise or whatever i think you you kind of need to find a uh a, a middle you, you need to go one way or the other you not a middle ground you need to uh be a serious type of a movie like the first one was or be a little more popcorny like this one was at times i think personally i agree i completely agree in terms of the visceral stuff that i was hinting at man that scene at the beginning with the kmart or whatever it is i mean i was like whoa this hits it almost hit a little too close to home you know with the (laughs) suicide bombers or whatever that were in the uh store that whole sequence very well executed, but very uh, kind of almost too hard to you know hard to watch for some for a movie sure. that's not even about that really. It's just trying to prove a point that 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 happens. Um, you know, just the people in the background that were like crawling on the ground. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't. It was a hard R. Let's just say <laughs> say that it was uh, <laughs> it was pretty yeah. shocking in terms of that. But um, but yeah, what did what did you guys think of the spin on uh, the kid? I believe his name is Manuel 
Isn't that his name? Yeah. He is the one who they introduce early on in the film, and you know he's going to, I say, cross paths with Del Toro and company at some point. Yeah. But um, what did you think about him and his character? Uh, that was something I was like, this is ancillary, right? Right when it was starting, and I was like, I'm going to hate this. But the more <laughs> it came through, you know, the more sure. I really appreciated that storyline. What about you guys? And, you know, it has to come to- together at some point, I guess is what I'm trying sure. to say. Or, sure. or it wouldn't make sense, which it did. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too spoilery. Ryan or Eric, we'll go into go. spoilers in like one minute, but just yeah. your thoughts on this. But Eric, what do yeah. you think on that? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, that kind of parallel storyline thing where that ancillary character eventually, um, you know, meets up or plays a part in the plot. I think that was almost straight out of the first movie, right? So mm-hmm. it was kind of like, a, if it ain't broke, you know, don't fix it type deal. Right. So, yeah, I, I kind of saw that coming right up um, as well. Uh, I don't know that, I guess it does play a major plot point, but I, I don't know if it was executed as fluidly as in the first one. Um, it felt a little forced, maybe because just because for sure. me, I'd seen it before. So, um, and and it like in in the first one, um, I think it was the policeman, right? He was like the Mexican policeman, and so his kind of ancillary storyline also had something to do with uh, kind of the the message of the whole movie, right? Sort of like the torn between like a rock and a hard place, um, the morality of it all. Um, I feel like the initial kind of bit of this kid's storyline was a little lacking. It was it felt a little bit like filler to me. So, mm-hmm. what about your thoughts, guys? Yeah, I would agree with you. It, it forced is tough. It it just wasn't as uh, wasn't as organic as as Sicario was. Sicario, there was you almost forgot about that. Uh, B story and how it was going to eventually connect until it was almost to the point where they, those two stories intersected. Like you'd go to the policeman's storyline and then three minutes later you were so deep into what was happening with uh, Emily Blunt and Del Toro and, and Brolin that you kind of completely forgot that that was happening. And this was not the same way. Like I was always cognizant of eventually this kid's going to cross paths with Del Toro and what is that going to, mm-hmm. what is that going to lead to? And that's, that's you know it's that it's not that's not necessarily a flaw or a bad thing it just i, I think it kind of shows the if anything else i think it maybe shows how good sicario is versus how um okay this is you know it's just God, like that was just you. such an inspired movie on every level and then this one is just a little lesser and that's okay can't all be home runs you know they cannot all be home runs you said it um, Miguel was his name. Manuel is from Sicario. Diaz. Oh, so I was, Miguel. Their name's confused. My bad. Yeah, I no, I, I like that with the mall and everything, and him working there, and then you know near the near the end when Del Toro goes back to the mall and meets him there. It's a great moment. Um, very effective. But yeah, let's head into spoilers right now for Sicario Two. Spoilers. Boom. Um, day of the spoiler. Day of the spoiler. <laughs> Soldado. Um, so, any guys spoiler corner? Any spoilery thoughts on who's who, who dies? Um, I wanted to talk about Del Toro a little bit more, and I thought he was dead. I did. I thought he got shot in the face, 
and was dead. But <laughs> only Del Toro can survive getting shot in the effing face. His and then, eyes are so squinted, Ken. Yeah, that the bullets the blood, can't penetrate. Yeah, the blood yeah. didn't get into his eyes, and so he had to like he breathed. Oxygen came through his eyes, and was so. <laughs> that is um. I was very impressed with that, and that was a good, great sequence. I thought was the uh, was him recovering from that, and then going full. That was that was when he went full uh, Bardem rampaging mm-hmm. after he mm-hmm. gotten shot, you know, and Mill Country for Old Men, and he's like going and blowing up the pharmacy. Right, he was in total that mode at the end. Right. And I love that right. going to um, yeah. seek revenge. I just love that mode of him in this. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you guys think about that plot? Yeah, yeah, I was in the same boat. Like I thought. I was just I was like, well, he's dead now. How? Yeah. And I knew that they were talking about a third one, and I'm, I'm sitting here trying to figure out, okay, like we can't get rid of Emily Blunt, and <laughs> like at some point we have to have some continuity. It can't just be James or uh, Josh Brolin. I was like, is it going to be some sort of a prequel, or how are we doing this? And then then after a couple minutes, you're like, okay, hold on, I think uh, I think he he's going to be he's going to be alive. I thought the dude to me the best scene in the whole movie that reminded me the most of Sicario was the, uh, the sequence when they're trying to get through the Mexican desert with, uh, in the Humvees and stuff. Yeah, that and was they're getting ambushed. Yeah. That was really good. That was incredible. That was a re- that was one of the better action sequences I've, I've seen in a long time and felt straight out of, uh, straight out of that first movie. Yeah. I like the attention to detail from the director too. Um, there's a scene in which, um, Isabel is, I guess, against the car, right? And like she's shielding herself against somebody, and then that person dies, you know? Or, like it's shot, and it's just like the blood splatter, like against the window next to her, and it just like stays, the camera just stays ISOed on her the whole time, you know? There are several moments like that in the movie that I was like, man, the, and the one that you're talking about, Brian, in the trailer is one of them where it's just him going to town on the trigger, right? Yeah. Normally you would see the aftermath of that, you know, in any other movie, but, um, I thought it was an effective moment to at least state I saw it on him there. So, you know, there were little moments like that throughout the movie that made me be like, ah, you know, this isn't so bad. And I was against the idea of this, but um, I think this is about as good as it could be given the circumstance. Sure. Yeah. It's really, I totally agree. That's, um, it's really what I could say. It has some really fun, visceral moments. If you're into that kind of stuff, if you're into the realistic, drug cartel warfare type stuff it's it's all it's all in here um i really like the u.s's involvement with this and then them trying to i don't know the fall false flag conversation and trying to make something look like it's something else and then the u.s trying to make it look like it's the mexicans so that the mexicans will think you know the cartels did it and the police there's a lot of like shady stuff going on i guess is what i'm trying to say and i love that they're trying to explore that with uh, movies. They kind of did that with American Made last year with Tom Cruise. Remember that? A little lighter tone, but mm-hmm. kind of this kind of just the, Love it. I I've always but, been interested in that, you know, the drug trafficking the way, if stuff. Ever, if you yeah. want a good laugh, watch American Made on an airplane. Oh. Cuz it's it's about 20 minutes long because they have to cut out all the stressful <laughs> flying scenes. Do they really? <laughs> yeah. They can't have stressful flying scenes on in-flight movies. So like you'll select it and it's like an hour and ten minutes. And like wow. there's these weird plot holes in it and stuff. Like wait, I just lost fifteen minutes there. Why is he? Yeah, oh, I did not know What's... that. Pretty sure I've been on a flight that showed Castaway the movie before. Like no joke, <laughs> on the flight we're watching Tom Hanks <laughs> crashing in a FedEx cargo liner. Um, 
All right. Um, yeah, I've got maybe one or two other things to say, and then yeah, hit yeah. grades. Eric, you got anything else? Yeah. So um, yeah, agreed with everything you guys say. I think I, macro. Um, I agree with your guys's uh, assessment that um, it was kind of torn. Right. It feels like they were uh, on one side. They were marketing the movie as. Uh, as like a like a summer action movie, right? With like the power chords and Guillermo, like mm-hmm. you know, doing the trigger thing and and the the like sugar skull with the American flag on it. And so, well, I was a I was a little taken aback when I first saw the trailers because I was like, oh no, what are they doing? Right? Because it was so it was such a departure from the first movie. But um, given uh, what they had to work with, I think you know, with the with the departure of Emily Blunt and just having to streamline the story into the next movie. But they did do a good job. Um, yeah, with the uh, with the plot um, parts of it, uh, I, I like the I like them kind of exploring those different dimensions, especially with the government being involved in lots of different shady things. Mm-hmm. I do think that whole first hour, like we didn't need all that stuff. Like you could have started it with like we need to start a war between the cartels, like and then mm-hmm. start from there. I don't think we needed like. There was the Kansas City bombing, which the was interrogation like, which scene, was never, right? Which was never resolved, and then there was a raid in Somalia, mm-hmm. and then there yeah. was like, some exposition about the terrorists from Yemen who were then connected to cartels who smuggled them in. So, like all that, I mean, it made for great action, right? It, that kind of that pulpy, uh, visceral, like zero dark thirty type action that from the first one. But um, mm-hmm. and maybe this is too harsh for critique, but I think it would have been just fine if you started it from. Hey, there are issues. They're you know trafficking people, maybe terrorists. We are going to start a war between them and start like just right there. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. No, I agree. Right. Way too many scene changes in the first twenty or thirty minutes. That's yeah. Yeah. And so that, way, that way, way much, too many. Yeah. Yeah. My biggest kind of feedback in terms of issues with pacing. Um, but yeah, all the other parts of it, um, I loved it. The helicopter scene, um, the firefights, and that soundtrack really just. They didn't really change it at all. It's just yeah. In right so I think they just it. used the soundtrack from the first one and just put it under it. It's what it sounded yeah, like. Yeah, it yeah. was great. It's all, it, all what exactly what it needed. <laughs> absolutely, dude. It kind of feels like I feel like if you were one of those dudes, like a I don't know CIA black operative or whatever you call him, like a SWAT dude going to like raid a drug house, like that's yeah. You'd have that in your like, headphones, like exactly. Going in. Like that. That's what would be playing. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's a good that's a good point. Um you said Guillermo del Toro pulled the trigger. Uh, oh. I think you meant Benicio. That would have been awesome <laughs> if Guillermo like, just like yeah. boot, busted in. He's like popped out of nowhere. Benicio, like, my bad. How dare you yeah. talk about the fish man? Yeah. <laughs> boom 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 boom. <laughs> now I get it. Now it totally makes sense. Guillermo <laughs> would have been the best. Um, um, wow. <laughs> I, I, yeah, man, this movie, I think the, the, the overall arcing theme is that, you know, the U S what if, you know, are intervening in this, I guess is where we're as bad as the people we're trying to defeat. Right. That's the overarching thing is that this is darkness and it's going to be dark. I think there's a line in Sicario that says, uh, the only way this will stop is if the U.S. stops doing cocaine, right? Which <laughs> is never going to happen. Yeah. Uh, this is just, I mean, in terms of the possibilities of stories, they could do 10 of these in different interesting little niche stories. They could bring 
what's his name into this el chapo right <laughs> something yeah, like right. that that would be yeah. sicario 3 needs to be sicario el chapo that would be huge <laughs> i would see that they just yeah. force that in somehow be good. Did you guys think the uh the ending was a little bit um mcguffin is that a word like yes the, hey the yes. terrorists were american citizens so cancel the mission when it tie up loose ends like mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Right. It felt, yeah, it was a little Dead bit. Dadgummit, they're from little, Jersey. Yeah. Right, right. I was a little bit disappointed in that, but I guess they needed somehow to to turn the turn the plot there. So Yeah, I agree with you. It it felt this this script was not nearly as tight as a lot of as all of Taylor Sheridan's previous work has been. To be honest, I was surprised when his name popped up at the end credits of that. He was the, he was the writer. Mm -hmm. Like it has some of the hallmarks and stuff that we've seen from him over the last couple of years, but it wasn't nearly as it kind of felt like, Hey, I got the script halfway done. If can I just hand it over to you? Would you go ahead and just finish this for me? That's fine. I got to go direct Yellowstone on the Paramount network or something. Have you guys seen that? Is that good? I haven't seen it yet. I'm hoping that's weird choice by him, but cool. Yeah. Brian's fired up about that. Right. I'm 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 all in, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a strange. I'm with you, Eric. It, it it had some some strange vibes to it, and then it does start to feel like a lot. All this B story was just to lead us to, I guess, like a mentor mentee relationship for Sicario Three. Maybe I guess that's yeah. where we're headed. It's just yeah. it is a little bit strange. It felt a little bit like the end of Wind River, which is another one of those movies where it's just like twist after twist after twist at the end. Like, this guy's dead. No, now he works for him. But this guy was also alive <laughs> before this guy. You know, it's just like all these plot points are coming together so fast at the end. It's kind of hard to process. But I'm yeah. excited about what could happen with the recruiting of the kid into the, the thing and him showing him the ropes. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a really cool thing to explore with these. I guess that's where they're going if they make another one. Um, this would have been a cool TV series. I know they have Narcos, but yeah. a Sicario yeah. series on Netflix, you know, that maybe starred one of the two, either Benicio or Brolin in parts mm-hmm. would be cool. I, I would be down for that. If they, if this would have been sure. a Netflix exclusive movie. It would be by far the best one they've ever done. So maybe oh, that, yeah. that should have happened. Yeah, I think um, Sheridan's writing would have been really great for a TV show as well. Like all the different. Yeah, yeah it does. It works well on a small screen. Um, okay. I'm going to grade this one out at a b just pretty solid b yeah what about you guys yeah that's right where i'm at as well just a straight up b right which is a far cry from uh from sicario one i guess we refer Mm -hmm. to it now as uh but but definitely better than i thought that it might be I, I don't know. I had people who were really excited about this movie from the first trailer, and I, I saw that first trailer and I was like, oh no, they're going in all the wrong directions. I don't I don't like that. But uh, I th- you know, it it hit it hit the right marks enough times for me to to feel pretty good about it coming away, and it'll be that'll be a, a decent rewatch at some point as well too. So, uh, Richard, what do you got? I'm a little higher than you guys. I'm gonna go B plus. I just I had fun with it. Um, like you said, there's. I wish it had been a little more uh, kind of 80s, 90s adult blockbuster, which sounds creepier than I mean it, uh, but it's... Uh, <laughs> that old adult section of blockbuster is what you mean, right? Yeah. It's basically Sliver. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Gotcha. The one that was behind the thing, and you had to... Like, <laughs> the candy was always right next to it. always like yeah. a guy in there for some reason, like... Yeah, just 12 hours a day. Yeah. 
It's like, why do you put the candy right next to this section? Like, <laughs> like an impulse buy. Like, all right, and I'll grab some goo. What's back here? Oh, no. <laughs> Who gets porn at Blockbuster? Like, if you're... <laughs> If you're gonna do that, are you gonna go to the place that's the family video store to <laughs> I always laugh. that should be a, red, a huge red flag. <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh anyway, sorry, we're down this road, Eric. Uh I'm gonna go B plus. I, I think I I I don't know. I need more time to think of this as a B plus movie, but I had a B plus worth of good time in this. And it's just good to break up the summer with something like this that's a little different tonally, so maybe I forgave it for some errors I, I won't later on. Eric, what about you, my man? Right on. Um, yep, straight down that line. I'm going to give it a B minus, just a little lower. Um, again, just issues with pacing, and maybe my expectations were too high because I really liked the first one. I uh, just, yeah, I felt sure of the first one. Um, and there were a couple other things. Um, mainly, I, I don't know, there were some some bits with like character development that they tried with Del Toro kind of near the end that didn't really work for me, like with the deaf family and whatnot. But other than that, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. So B minus. And his face healed really fast in a year. He had no holes in his face after getting him. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he was like very dark in that scene, if you didn't notice. I thought it would have been cool to do a close-up where it was like really scarred up, you know? Would have been cool maybe so that the kid could see what he had done to him, you know? Instead of like, oh, he's okay. But they make it seem like Del Toro is there to murder him. But then, twist, he's there to recruit him. Boom. That's writing. That's writing. <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on, guys, and let's hit that old weekly recommend. Yeah. Weekly recommends. All right. Let's start with Brian this week. Yeah, I'm going to recommend, uh, I guess, a, a series of movies that this movie sort of reminded me of in parts, uh, especially like the whole bit with the we're starting a war and in uh south america and there's a so there's a jack ryan tv series headed our way next month with yeah. uh, our our own john krasinski so it has had me it has reminded me of the jack ryan movies of which are many and kind of uh they're all over the place you'd never know what you're gonna get from them the we had that that chris pine one last year two, two years ago i think three i don't know that didn't turn out quite the way we wanted it to and affleck has one as well the ones that are good are, if you're wondering, are the Hunt for Red October is the probably the more famous one and maybe the best one of the bunch. It's also very slow and and not, I think for me personally, is not as enjoyable to watch. Uh, but I recently rewatched both Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger. Clear and Present Danger has a lot of the themes that are in this movie, just of the whole starting a war and in and uh, between the cartels and stuff. And uh, both of those are. Um, very well done 90s, 90s action movies with uh, American Treasure Harrison Ford. And uh, I think I really I think one or both of them is on uh, like Amazon or or uh, one of those services as well. But yeah, really so- solid, fun, uh, enjoyable action movies that are now like 25 or more years old. So I I feel super old, but uh, they're they're solid choices. If you've never seen them, you may want to get. There's only one Jack Ryan, Brian, and that's Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Alec Baldwin, right. yeah, man. Right, Alec Baldwin for Hunt for Red October, uh, and then Harrison Ford for the next two, then Ben Affleck, then Chris Pine. So we've been all over the place with this series. Uh, Hunt for Red October is really good. It's not. It's hard to recommend in some ways because it's extremely slow in places, and it's it's hard to just tell mass audiences 
who have maybe never seen that movie or who are millennials and young and whatnot to go watch that movie because it's kind of uh, it's a little it's a little slow, a little slow. Yeah. Clear presentation. Patriot Games have a little more speed. You forgot the uh, the other Jack Ryan in the middle there, Ted McGinley. Two <laughs> movies in the nineties. <90s>. Okay. <laughs> Two. <laughs> It's a, it's a good pull. It's a good pull. Yeah. So, anyway, if you're if you're getting prepped for Jack Ryan with uh, John Krasinski, or if this kind of piqued your interest, I think those are quality films that you may enjoy: Clear and Present Danger and Patriot Games. Uh, Richard, what's your recommend, my friend? Mine is an Amazon series that's out now. Uh, you guys know of my uh, unabashed love for all things Hugh Grant. Ride for that guy. And he has a new Amazon series out that's really good, a uh, limited series called A Very English Scandal um, that aired over in England and is now on Amazon Prime here. It's really darkly funny. It's basically about England's version of OJ. They had this huge like trial of the century um, thing. Nice. Uh, it's about this murder that this powerful man definitely had committed, um, and then he got off, and it's it's great. It's really, really interesting. It's, it's Ben Winshaw, too. Um mm-hmm. It plays Hugh Grant's lover, and as he very charmingly said, I, I had to try to kill him as Paddington the Bear, and then I had to make love <laughs> to him, which was very confusing <laughs> back-to-back sets. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but it's a really, really good show. I think you guys would all like it. It's, uh, it's, it's like three episodes, too. It's super limited, but it's very good. Nice. Sweet. Cool. I'm going to recommend a show on Netflix that I have been... Uh, Kind of had on the background. That's been super funny. Um, are you guys familiar with Nailed It? Surely you are, Richard. No. Yeah. You're yeah. Familiar? No, I am. It's basically Sorry. like um, Cupcake Wars or whatever, mm-hmm. but all the chefs are terrible on purpose, and it's just people <laughs> trying to bake stuff that have no idea how to cook, and then they show the horrible results at the end of the show. And it, it I don't think I've ever laughed so hard <laughs> watching people try to like make like a gingerbread house or something. It is, it, it is a genius idea to put horrible cooks in the kitchen and try and make them compete to cook something. And, uh, it's definitely worth your time. Super fun, easy watch. And, um, on Netflix, nailed it. That's what it's called. Nice Good stuff. Easy, fun, summer, r- random, random, funny stuff. Oh, uh, Eric, what's your recommend? Yeah, my uh, recommend is uh, Subaru. It's a 2015 movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's... Uh, Pronounced Sparrow. Delicious Sparrow. pizza. Yeah. I'm with yeah. you. I'll go recommend that <laughs> yeah. for Eric. All Delicious. airport food courts. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's Stefano, Stefano Salima's um, debut film. Um, it's the one I was mentioning before. It's on Netflix. Uh, so if you like kind of the this tone and uh, lots of different characters are all connected that kind of um, mesh at the end towards a common plot point, sort of like in Babel and Crash. Um, uh, it's a it's a movie about like what organized crime and the mafia look like today in Italy, right? It's um, explores the connection between uh, the mafia, like uh, lawyers, politicians, the Catholic Church, etc., and kind of connects and weaves it all through. Uh, the movie doesn't have you know like night vision goggles or helicopters or like machine guns, but uh, there's there's some action to it, but pretty good storyline. So if you're uh, if you liked uh, his work in in this movie, Day of the Soldado, um, I think you'll like Sabura. So that's my recommend, Sabura. Sabura, cool. All right. Well, Eric, thanks for being a VIP and for coming on the show. Um, we will be talking as well 
like I said, um, Saving Private Ryan. So if you're interested in that, check out that episode as well. Um, until next week, what are we talking? Is it a skyscraper, maybe? No, next week's uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, okay, Ant-Man. That's right. Okay, yeah, we're talking Ant-Man next week. Brian, where can we find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at BGill12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which will probably be out next week. After a little hiatus, we are refreshed and ready to go, so look for that soon. Uh, Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on all the uh, all that stuff Brian just said and at Richard Barden on all social media. Uh, you can find me around Flathead Lake next week if you guys want to come hang out. <laughs> um, and uh, Kent, where can I find you? Find me online at KentGarrison.com and at Kent Garrison on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And find our show, MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com. Subscribe on all platforms of your choice, iTunes, Spotify, what have you. And uh, until then, until next week, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. <laughs>